0: Everyone, my name is Brian, and today is Monday, January 30th, 2023. And this is another episode of Lots to Talk About. And tonight, my guest is a tiny house author, a speaker, a teacher. He built his own tiny home on wheels in 2012 and has been passionately helping future tiny house dwellers on their own journey ever since. He's the creator and the host of the Tiny House Lifestyle podcast. And the author of the tiny decision, the tiny house decisions, excuse me. And uh, if you can't, can't guess, we're going to be talking about tiny homes, tiny house, tiny house living. And with that, I'd like to welcome to the lots to talk about podcast, Ethan, Ethan Waldman, Waldman, excuse me, how's it going?
1: Good. How are you doing?
0: Um, I'm doing all right. A little tongue-tied this evening. I don't know what's right. going on, but uh, how's it going this evening? And uh, introduce yourself to my audience. I, I, I don't know how much of my audience would would know anything about tiny homes, really. Uh, we're coming uh, from the the self-reliance and uh, kind of survivalist community, but kind of branching out into this genre.
1: Sure. Yeah. So my name's Ethan Waldman. Um... Way back in 2011, 2012, I was working a corporate job, kind of the nine to five type thing. And I was pretty unhappy just giving up that much of my time. And and I heard about tiny houses and uh, I realized that, you know, this was something that I could build myself for, you know, hopefully what I had saved up and then I could own my own home. And that was the ultimate goal for me was to just kind of use tiny living as a way to kind of get out of the rat race, so to speak. Um, my inexperienced self back then who had never built anything, you know, I I thought that I could do it in three months. Um, and I think about three months in, I maybe had framed the floor and I had like a couple of walls framed, but they weren't standing up yet. And so it took me um all said and done about 14 months to build and okay. i went a i went like fairly significantly over budget which is i've learned pretty common in this world um and so throughout the project i i actually had a facebook page cuz that they were relevant back then um and you know i was posting photos of the build just just little updates and by the time I was done building I think the page had about 5,000 likes which was nice. felt like a lot at the time And nice. so I knew that you know I was getting questions from people non-stop like why did you choose that heater or, like what kind of insulation is that what like all these kind of like how to why did you choose this over that and so you know I had already had some experience, you know, being online, doing blogging, running an online business. And I, I kind of pivoted and and started working on what ultimately became, um, an ebook and guide called tiny house decisions, which was kind of my first, um, thing that I offered, you know, for sale, but, um, I've also written a blog, you know, for, for many years and, um, in 2018, I started the Tiny House Lifestyle Podcast, which is now the the longest running tiny house podcast. We're we're at episode 248. Nice, The weekly show. Nice. Yeah,
0: nice. Um, so, so when you decided to to go this route to go tiny home, you said you wanted to kind of escape the rat race. <laughs> um, at that point, were you were you renting? Um, were you yeah. like what What was your plan? Were you gonna stay with your job? Were you planning on um uh, just living off savings? What what was kind of that goal and that 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 transition? What did that look like?
1: Sure, yeah. So I I was renting at the time and when I was kind of thinking about like how could I kind of change my life and and not have to work this corporate job, you know, I kind of took stock of, of my expenses and realized that rent was my single biggest expense. And I was you know, I was in my mid twenties and I was renting, you know, I had, I had been working a a quote unquote real job now for a couple of years. So I was like renting a nice house with a buddy, um, in Burlington, Vermont. And it was, you know, I'm sure I was spending 1500 bucks a month, maybe 1600 bucks a month. And I just realized that the longer I stayed in the corporate job, making the corporate salary, the more stuff I would indebt myself with. And then you, then I would need that job to kind of continue. And so the plan was to, you know, start saving as much as I could. And so I, I like went, I called it hobo mode. I like stopped (laughs) eating at restaurants. I like once, once you have a goal, it's so easy to save. Like I put every like, you know the spare change everything into my tiny house fund Um and between what I had in savings and what I was able to put away I, I, I managed to put away $20,000 oh, nice. um, yeah and you know if I had stuck to my original plan and built it entirely myself I probably could have done it for 20 but I ended up spending more like 30
0: yeah, yeah, we we uh so what we took off recently and and we're living in a in a RV uh, uh-huh. travel trailer and we retrofitted that out and um, put in all the systems to be boondocking wherever we want and stuff and. It took us two years. It took I like installed it all myself. It took took us about two years. Uh, we had to take Minnesota winners off, but um, over budget and over yep. time for sure, for yep. sure. <laughs> I get it. Well, I as, get it.
1: As all pro- projects are, and anything <laughs> relating to construction.
0: Yeah, and when you're learning too, especially yeah. when you're learning, you uh, you make those mistakes, and usually they end up being costly in one way or another, whether it be time or resources. So, yeah. Uh, so when you took off in your, in your tiny home, you built it in mobile, right? You bought, you bought a a flatbed, built it off a flatbed trailer. Um, did you end up trying to do, um, like lease land to stay on? Did you travel often? Like what was your, when you launched, when you moved into your tiny home, what kind of, what kind of life did that look like for you?
1: Exactly. So, um, I did, you know, I wanted to rent land because that's, that's really what makes tiny living affordable is that it it separates the house from the land. And so right. you can you know put whatever chunk of money you have into the house and not have to also buy land, which is usually the expensive half of the equation. Um, so I, I found a property to rent. Um, and sorry, what was the rest of the question?
0: Oh, like, did you did you stay there uh, long term or were you were you kind of mobile? Did you move often? Oh, yeah.
1: The travel. So I never intended for the tiny house to be a house that I would travel in. Uh, I actually I had done a bit of bicycle touring. Um, you know like the crazy people on bicycles with like four bags and like right. a lot of sweat <laughs> and dirt on them um yeah i somehow for some reason i like that um but you know the tiny house my my house weighs about ten thousand pounds and it's not even it's not that big of a tiny house it, by today's standards and so to move one of these things you need a, a really heavy duty vehicle and you need some real skills um not that towing something lighter doesn't take skills, but when you've got you know, 10,000 oh, well, yeah, pounds, that, you, yeah.
0: That's something that I've always, as I looked into this, so I mean, obviously we explored a bunch of different options. I mean, we started, yeah. we were just going to put a yurt on, a, on a, a raw land out in Idaho and we ended up mm-hmm. converting a travel trailer. Uh, we went down the kind of the whole route and explored all the options. And that was something that I got really nervous about when I saw the amount of people that were relying on traveling with their tiny home Um, being someone that's been around trailers and things my whole life I was like (laughs) (laughs) okay
1: (laughs) yeah I I like to think of I think the sweet spot for a tiny house on wheels is is a house that can be moved but not one that you necessarily move all the time you know, right. a great use case is someone who's in the military or someone who works a travel travel nurse or travel, you know, type contract where they're maybe staying in a place for six months to a year and they want to bring their home with them. Right. Um, anything more than that, I, I think that it makes a lot more sense to look at something like an RV or if you want to go small, you can look at you know converting a van or if you want something really big you can look at converting a school bus um, or of course the the world of of rvs that already exists out there
0: right right yeah yeah i uh i'm glad to hear you say that because that when that kind of blew up that whole craze blew up that was that was always nervous for me and you know you see him going down the highway and i'm like oh uh, i don't want you to lose i mean it is what it is but i don't want to see you lose your whole yeah. home and your vehicle and injure yourself and <laughs> like all that honestly, stuff honestly i'm
1: surprised there haven't been more accidents i've heard of a few a handful of accidents um with them um there's one couple um alexis and christian are their names their their youtube channel is called tiny house expedition and they they have the most traveled tiny house in the world. I think they've put several hundred thousand miles on it. Oh wow. and you know the wear and tear is also some is real because this is a these are most of them are stick framed buildings right um, and you know the 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 old adage is like you know you're driving the thing down the road and it's experiencing an earthquake and a hurricane at the same time. <laughs> right. um, so you know all your studs, everything's just getting rattled sh- you know shaken and rattled and rolled.
0: Right, right, right. So, so you, you intended on building yours from a trailer up. You said you ended up hiring out some help, likely. Mm Um, what, what kind of do you advise? Um, do you advise people? Do you advise a complete DIY? Do you advise, uh, buying a a prefab? Um, or maybe a, a little bit of both or somewhere in between?
1: Um, at this point, I, I, I mean i think that the building process is a really rewarding one and i'm grateful that i did it but i definitely know that not everyone can or should build their own tiny home true if if you have interest in it and you have time then then i encourage you to to seek that out and and look into it i've interviewed people on my show who are just incredible i i so there's this one woman vera struck who's in her 70s two-time cancer survivor built her own tiny house on wheels you know it's like anyone can learn construction but it's it's a big undertaking um so but the second the, the other side of that coin is just that whether you build your own or buy one or do something in between there are companies that will sell you a shell and then something that you can finish out, which I have kind of mixed feelings about. Um, that you should educate yourself on the building process and and building science and all these things because not all tiny houses are created equal, and the industry is still in its like young days. it's 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 a bit like the wild West out there. So there are really good builders out there, and there are really unscrupulous builders who, you know, are not selling a good product. Um, yeah, that's
0: so. that's what I was gonna say. Like, I I've seen them everywhere, from kits on Amazon to you know high end builders. And I was I was curious if if the the cost has gotten to the point where you know like build a tough shed versus building a yeah. shed. You're you're a wash unless you yeah. know what you're doing. You can really source materials very well, yeah. and yeah. you're good at construction. It's cheaper to buy one. Yeah. It hasn't really caught up to that equilibrium, or is it? it are you still going to pay more for the quality you're going to want, and not get um, kind of distracted by that low price?
1: Yes, this is my yeah. answer. It's kind of both. <laughs> I mean, for a custom build, like you're coming in and saying, like, here are my plans. I want you to build this for me. That's still going to be more expensive than. Than you doing it yourself just because of all that time in labor there are some companies that are starting to not do custom work like you can you can choose the color of the cabinets or the the color of the tile but like they have their set models and they're doing right. you know modular building in a factory or they're using sips or some other kind of panel build and you know for those kinds of builds the, the cost is kind of equalizing more because you're getting you're getting a, a high quality building that you wouldn't be able to build yourself. Right. Um, but you just can't. You can't make up for the fact that when you do it yourself, you don't have to pay yourself to do the labor.
0: Well, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. That's always, that's yeah. always yeah. the trade-off there. And, uh, that's, that's where I found with doing my retrofit was like, I could hire a guy to do all this solar and it's going to cost yeah. me, you know, you know, 75% more, or I just have to teach myself how to do solar.
1: <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly.
0: So was your, was your tiny home, um, self-sufficient Were you, were you kind of off grid or were, did you get property that had, had a tie in?
1: Yeah. So I, um, I found the property while I was building, which was helpful because that, that helped me make some decisions about the build. Of course, it's not still at that property, but basically, um, the property had electricity. And so I knew that I didn't have to do solar right off the bat. And so what I, what I decided to do was kind of make the the house solar ready. And for me, that just meant using, you know, obviously all like led low low energy light bulbs and then all of the appliances to start were propane appliances so okay. propane fridge propane range propane heat propane hot water and that you know would make it relatively easy to go solar
0: so and then as far as water, did you are you were you on like a tank, a tank and feed like a fill the tank and uh, and go off that you weren't on like a municipal water or anything like that?
1: So I did build, you know, there's a 40 gallon fresh tank in the house and um the property also had um water. It was actually oh, nice it was we call them camps in vermont there's different names for them but it's basically like a there was a three season cabin on this property that had been knocked down because it just was rotten um so there was a septic system from that camp and there was it was actually a like basically an underground spring that came up through a pipe um that i was able to kind of rig up into into the water system for the house
0: So, so you kind of found the perfect property to do this, um, especially you were, you were kind of on the, on the leading edge of this. I mean, if I'm thinking back timeline wise, and when this whole movement kind of, kind of exploded, you were right towards the front end of that. If, if I'm, I have timelines, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I take no credit for the concept (laughs) or, you know, like the design of my house very much. You know calls to mind the the work that jay shaffer was doing in that space um i would say like jay shaffer and d williams are kind of the like pioneers um but in terms of people really sharing what they were doing online i was i was pretty early um there were there were a couple of websites and blogs that i you know strip mined for information and and sent some emails to people um but yeah, there was there was not a lot out there when I was doing it.
0: Yeah, I mean it's 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 nice. Um, I I found like moving into the RV space. Like I've been I've been familiar with um, sticks and <laughs> bricks construction and and whatnot, working on houses. Um, moving into the RV space, I had to I had to really learn that new perspective. It seems yeah. like um, I think I'm froze up but uh maybe not um it it seems like the the construction methods and things that can be Mm -hmm. quite the same going to the tiny house route instead of the rv route or the van route they seem to be a more specialized construction that you have to teach yourself
1: yeah i mean there are on the one hand it's it's a lot of construction techniques that come from standard normal builds. So stick framing, sheathing, insulation, you know, normal household wiring. So these are all things that there are a lot of a lot of tradespeople who are trained in doing this. Um unfortunately it doesn't fully translate over. Like it it can, but the the biggest issues with tiny houses that have kind of emerged over the years is tiny houses in cold climates having issues with with moisture as a result of of thermal bridging from the you know the studs and also in particular um the contact with the trailer um essentially you've got this incredibly cold metal trailer and if you have a place where warm air is escaping from your house, or or just warmth is transmitting from your house and touching the trailer. You're you're going to end up building up moisture in that spot.
0: Our trailer um, is the moisture buildup. Yeah, especially especially in the cooler weather and, and when it's humid. Yeah. Um, did you what did you use to heat? Uh we used a we use a cubic mini wood stove in our in our trailer and then we have backup propane heat. Did you use propane heat?
1: Yeah, so so I've used propane heat always um had a couple of different heaters but um have had a very low tech but reliable um it's like a Williams direct vent propane furnace that it it, it doesn't require electricity to run. It's the millivolt style of furnace, so that thing can, will keep heating as long as there's propane in the tank um, through a power outage even. Um, nice. It does pretty well. It does tend to make, you know, it's not the most efficient heater in terms of like the percentage of, of what you're getting from the fuel. And the the loft of the tiny house can get pretty warm just from heat rising up there. Um, but we've done some things to mitigate mitigate that situation too.
0: So, so are you still in the original one that you built or have you gone through more, more iterations and built different?
1: Yeah. So the, the original tiny house that I built has actually now become, uh, kind of, I guess, part of my business or part of a way that I, that I earn an income, which is that it's now actually an Airbnb, a short-term rental. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, um, still on rented land, which is really cool to not have to have bought land to do it. Um. But uh, so yeah, so the the original tiny house is source of income, and now um, my wife and I live in a pretty tiny condo in Burlington, Vermont. So we still we still live small, but we're like stationary in a more traditional space.
0: Oh, all right. So so size wise, what was what square footage was was your tiny house when you built it?
1: Well, the footprint is about 170 square feet, but the like if you count the loft as square footage, it's about 220
0: okay, okay that's yeah. so ten by ten by seven uh yep ten by exactly. seven on the interior on the on the frame of the trailer was like a ten by eight trailer
1: um so the trailer is um is twenty two by seven or well the trailer itself is twenty two by eight and um, a half okay but then the house the house is a little bit shorter than the trailer. And then there's the, the kind of front porch is cantilevered off of the trailer. So the house itself is about 20 feet long and you know, it, the outer edge of the house is, 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 you know, drip edge to drip edge. It's eight and a half feet, but like you, you you subtract the the width of the walls and,
0: and yeah, 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 I gotcha. I gotcha. I gotcha. Um, (laughs) so you said, you said it ended up costing you in 2020, 2012 or 2012 to yeah. 2014 about thirty thousand yeah. dollars. what is somebody looking at um right now reasonably uh just say middle of the road because i obviously you can go cheap and yeah. recycle materials up to high end but what if, what are people looking at if they want to put together a tiny house at, at, at this juncture
1: as a diy build
0: yeah yeah say diy if somebody wanted to put it together themselves
1: I would say like a DIY build comparable to mine with, with new materials. You're probably looking at about 40 to 50,
0: 40 to 50. Yeah. And that would comfortably, uh, well, comfortably is all a relative term depending on who you're talking to. Um, But that, that would be probably suitable for a couple. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. Our house really doesn't,
1: wouldn't have a space for, for a child or or a third person because there isn't, There's really only one sleeping space. Um, okay. it's you know twenty feet is is on the small end of things, especially now most tiny houses now are more in the like twenty six twenty eight foot range and like end up from there. Um, but in order to get like a second sleeping space, you kind of need a cup a few extra feet at least
0: for that person and yeah. when people lay down they they take up a lot of uh, square footage
1: <laughs> exactly
0: and it, you know I'm, I'm six five and i never i never thought i would like move into an rv um i look at some of the t- tiny house setups and i'm like i don't know <laughs> I, I don't know are you are yeah. you are you tall or are, you, are you no a, a, Okay.
1: <laughs> I am short. I'm I'm five six. So I'm like perfect. I'm built for a tiny house.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, uh, I I We we started going down these roads, and I'm like, yeah. Uh, we were looking at fifth wheels, and we'd go look at yeah. them, and I'd go up into the front of the bedroom, and I'm like, I can't even stand up in the bedroom. I I just yeah. can't do this. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. And that's like, there are definitely designs. There's actually, um, I don't know who built it, but there was like a tiny house called the tall man's tiny house. And it was, it was all one floor living. But um, you know, my tiny house has like a gabled roof. So like, you know, triangle and a lot of tiny houses now are doing a shed roof, you know, a single pitch roof, which gives you one end of the house is, is tall or like one side of the house is tall. And that's where you can put kind of some kind of almost compact staircase up to a loft. Um, And I've seen some really clever designs where you can walk up that staircase and be standing all the way until you're kind of next to your bed. And then you can lie down into the bed. Whereas in my house, like I climb up a ladder and then you kind of crawl to the bed.
0: Right, 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 right. Um, So, when you made that transition, you were rent, were you renting? You said you were in a house with someone else. Did you have a bunch of stuff? Did you end up having to like minimize out and do a big purge in to get into a tiny house? Um, I know you probably have to talk to people about that, but was that something that you had to go through personally?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, and that was actually one of the things that, that kind of helped me stay motivated. And it was really one of the things that I could start doing right away once I like really committed and decided like, this is what I'm going to do. I needed to save money. It was the winter. It was like, I wasn't going to start building yet. And so, but what I could do is start kind of downsizing my stuff. So yeah, I got rid of tons of like clothes, books, furniture, you know, stuff that I had accumulated already. Um, I'd already kind of started because when I, when I moved up to Vermont, I, I had been living in a, you know, a one bedroom apartment that I rented myself and I, you know, furnished completely and then when I moved into a house with a friend, you know, I got rid of some stuff to kind of merge merge into that situation.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we we went from a 35 acre homestead with like five or six outbuildings to oh, wow. in, in into a 32 foot travel trailer. So, uh, we, yeah, like a uh, 1500 1800 square foot house with all like the farm stuff and so our purge was um it was pretty therapeutic for sure um but uh epic yeah yeah do you uh yeah we ended up selling uh selling a lot of the stuff with the farm we were just like i can't even i can't throw it out because it all has value but there's just so much stuff to get rid of
1: yeah Yeah.
0: so yeah (laughs) it was was like i'm just done i'm done i'm giving it but uh As soon as we realized that we like when we got on the road and started looking every time we cleaned or anytime we moved stuff around we were like throwing stuff away did you did you find yourself the less you had the less you wanted
1: Yeah absolutely it 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 kind of becomes addictive in a way like when you're yeah. doing it um and you, you find something and you're like you've like, I've already gotten rid of everything in that category already. Like, what are you still doing here?
0: <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. We, we, had, we, we went down, my wife actually went down the road of shoes, uh, and ended up going barefoot before we took off and she's down oh to gosh. like a couple of, a couple of barefoot pairs of shoes and, nice, uh, nice. one pair of boots, I think. <laughs> so, nice. Yeah. Shoes, shoes just take up a ton of room.
1: <laughs> they do. And so we good to put them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you, so did you consider other things than the tiny house when you were, when you were trying to escape, when you were, when you were thinking, how do I get out of this, um, rat race type of 95 job? Um, did you consider RV living? Did you consider building out a van or was it just, I want to do a tiny house and that's what I want to do?
1: Yeah, no, I didn't I didn't consider either um and I probably should have. Um but I think that the appeal of of learning to build it, it really appealed to me. It was something that I kind of had always had in the back of my mind like I would love to learn how to build a house one day. Um so getting to do that was really one of the features for me of the project was was getting to learn those skills kind of trial by fire um and i think that i was you know i've been now in vermont since 2010 so you know i i felt rooted enough here that i didn't you know i didn't think about an rv or a van because i didn't i didn't want a, a like nomadic lifestyle quite yet
0: right right
1: I more thought so, of like, the home as the place that I would return to. And I, I definitely wanted to be able to do more travel, more bike touring, that kind of travel, but like the home stays at home.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is definitely a big difference. Like you, like if you want to kind of go the minimalist route, the small mm-hmm. living route, you don't want to travel. The, the tiny home is definitely a, 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 a a fantastic option, and like mm. you said, if it's it's six months or a year or multiple years, um, but if you end up needing to move spots, you can. You don't. You're not tied yeah. to that piece of property.
1: Yeah,
0: I have a I have a friend that I've known for a while, uh, online online uh, connection that uh, is out in Wyoming um, in her tiny home. And uh, nice. Yeah, it's uh, she's moved. I think one property one time. Um, just. Is from a ariel? rental yeah 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 so
1: <laughs> i <laughs> love ariel
0: yeah i've interviewed her
1: twice she's awesome
0: yeah <laughs> she, she is she's fantastic yeah. she's been in yeah. she was in uh in all of our community in the communities that i'm kind of coming out of in the in the survival side of it and uh nice. and, yeah it was really cool to get to know her and interview her and yeah so uh small worlds <laughs> yeah
1: totally you yeah, know what she's but, doing like off-grid in a tiny house is is pretty incredible yeah and yeah, making it yeah. look easy
0: oh yeah she makes it look very 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 easy for sure and the photography yeah. that she gets out in the wild like that yeah blows my mind blows yeah. my mind so um you're not in the tiny house any longer what uh, what made you change what uh you're in you said you're still kind of small living in a condo but uh yeah. why not another tiny home
1: well i think that you know around the time that i was building it i met you know, I met my wife and we got married and and she actually already owned this condo from before oh. we met um, And so for for a while we kind of spent some time at the tiny house spent some time here um, you know her work is is here in Burlington and It's actually not even though it's Vermont. You think it's all rural. It's it's not particularly tiny house friendly here so we were never able to live in the in the town we wanted to live in in the tiny house, which I think we both really wanted to do. Um, so you know, at some point, instead, we kind of decided to to kind of focus our lives here on this little this little place. And like, as friends have you know, spent tons of money and bought houses in town, we've kind of been like, no, we're gonna stay small. We're gonna stay in this little condo because it's cheap it's like, you know, we bought it in 2010, like, you know, probably can't afford to buy anything in this town now anyway. Right. Um, and yeah, so it feels like we have the best of both worlds and like the tiny right. house, you know, I, I remember saying this to myself, like, Oh, if I could live in it for, th- if, if I was able to build it for, for 20 K, I, I remember working out the math that if I lived in it for three years, it would, it would pay off okay. itself. Um, and I mean, it's certainly more than paid off itself at this point. And the fact that, you know, I've kept, held on to it and now it's, you know, become a source of income for us. Um, right. It's just so great because it's like we didn't live in it anymore, but we we don't have to just like kind of get rid of it.
0: Right. Do you do you find that um, now you advise a lot of people to do this? do you mm-hmm. find that they once they make that transition do they stick to it is that something they they keep doing or do they do it for a while and most of them kind of go back to to a normal sticks and bricks or transition to something else
1: so here this is an interesting thing what what i've noticed is that the group of people that i thought was going to be building tiny houses isn't as much and so you know, I'm, I'm a millennial. I like, you know, I graduated from college into the, into the housing crisis of, of 2008 of 2009. And so I think that like, I, I thought that, that, and there are plenty of young people who are building tiny houses, but I've noticed that the, the young people who build tiny houses tend to stay in them for a couple of years and then move on to something bigger. You know, they start a family, they, they want more space, but the the group that is has never ceased to amaze me is is boomers who are retiring into tiny houses. And and they're the ones that are saying, oh, no, this is, you know, I'm staying here until I can't live on my own anymore. Um, And so I see many of them. You know, I, I run an online community among the many kind of pieces of my online world. And um, it's many, you know, people at retirement age who. You know, are either single or now, you know, their kids are long grown and they they want to stretch their their dollars as far as they can go.
0: Yeah, I can I can definitely see that. I can see the appeal as a as a empty nester or a widower, Mm -hmm. or widowee and and not really wanting to go that condo route. Cause that's even still yeah. a little big at, yeah. you know, if you're, if you're at, um, you know, you kind of moved into that condo with your significant other that you've been with for 30 years and one of them passes away. It's like, mm-hmm. well, do I really now need all this space for just me? Yeah. I, I see that as a really nice option. And then yeah. the, you know, just the kind of rolling out of the the end of life where you have the mm-hmm. assets to do it and now you don't have to worry about that mortgage payment or or any of that stuff. Totally. Um you're just kind of set. Totally. I and um as you were mentioning the the Airbnb and now that you have that cash flow asset, what a great um avenue and I'm surprised more more like you said millennials or the generations mm-hmm. that's, that's coming out of college right now mm-hmm. um I guess with all the college debt maybe they can't do it but um the yeah. the doing the tiny house renting the land and then like you said establishing the family buying the house but having that asset to cash flow yeah. when you buy that house what a great way I mean you set yourself up fantastic I mean having that it's obviously paid for itself already you paid for it yeah. up front Yeah I mean there's never any debt for
1: you. Yeah Yeah, exactly. And and I've definitely, I've interviewed people who have done that and I've seen, I've seen that happen and it's, it's awesome. I mean, it, it, it feels like a tiny house can be kind of like, uh, almost like a cheat code. Like you're kind of circumventing the system in a, in a, in a way by not taking out a big mortgage to start. You know, you start with a tiny house that you can afford to, to do out of pocket and then, you know you build from there unfortunately right. you know many tiny homes now are are quite a bit more expensive so it's you know the exact people who need them people who want an affordable house usually can't afford them um it's you know even though they're affordable compared to single family homes they're still way more money than most people are able to to pay in cash
0: yeah it's kind of like a you got to have some place you got to be able to you got to be able to build it over time pay for it over time yeah and uh still afford everything (laughs) yeah it gets to be exactly it it gets to be interesting you got to have you got to have parents that got a backyard that they don't mind you uh, putting a trailer in and living with them while you do it yeah but uh excuse me (coughs) yep oh sorry um all right so is that is that kind of the if somebody say somebody is interested in this how Mm. do they how do they evaluate their circumstances to see if it's the right fit is there Mm. is there kind of a process that you go through um maybe questions you asked someone that kind of say yeah this might be right for you or are there some big red flags that should be like no don't don't go down this road
1: Yeah. I mean, I I can share a few in my, my ebook, tiny house decisions. The first section is I call it like the big decisions. And it's kind of like, that's what you should figure out first is, is a tiny house right for you? You know, some of the questions that, that I like to ask people is, is a, like how, how mobile do you want to be? And kind of have that conversation that we had earlier about like, do you want to be traveling in your home? Um, because if so, you know, a, a tiny house on wheels probably isn't the right move for you. Right. Um, And then it's more about uh, then also there is the question of how comfortable are you kind of living under the radar because tiny houses still aren't legal in in most places. And while that is changing, you know, every you know, every year, every month, there's like. Pretty much all good news on that front, different towns, different cities, making it easier for people to live in tiny homes. Um, You might need to be in a situation where tiny houses aren't allowed and you're kind of stealth, you know, parked in somebody's field or behind somebody's house and dealing with the reality that, you know, you might get a knock on the door from the planning commission that says, you know, you have to move this structure. This is an illegal structure. Right, Um, right, right so those are those kinds of things and then of course you know the finances are really i think that's the biggest barrier right now preventing more people from getting into tiny houses which is that you can't get a a traditional mortgage on a tiny house um which it's too bad because you know a 15-year mortgage on a like seventy thousand dollar house that what that would actually be a probably affordable payment for people right Um, but the types of loans that are available for tiny houses. If you're going to a builder that has, you know, they can build a tiny house with essentially, um, RV certification. So they build to the park model RV code and then they're able to offer you RV loans. Um, unfortunately, RV loans are much more like car loans than they are like house loans. So it's higher interest, you know, five years, seven years. Um, so yeah, the financing piece is really the the big missing piece of the puzzle in in my mind right now.
0: Yeah, and you're kind of in between. You're in between um kind of like a high end car where the person that's buying a high end car is gonna be able to afford that payment at five years, six years. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, no bank in their right mind really wants to do a 30 year loan on a $70,000 tiny home that someone could just like crash on the road. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Like I, I, like I get their asset protection there. I, I I don't fault them.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Somebody's doing their job in like the risk department.
0: Yeah. Like, Oh, where'd the guy go with his house? I don't know.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. They don't, if you stop paying and you've moved the house, they don't have a recoverable (laughs) asset.
0: Right. 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 Um, Yeah. When, when it's, when it's attached to the ground, it's a little easier.
1: (laughs) And, and I don't want people to get discouraged. And, and like, there's lots of clickbait out there of like, man builds tiny house for $8,000, but like, it is still happening. That is still a thing, but like that, that person probably has skills that you could learn. Um, but also, you know, is collecting materials. And so if you, if you want to be on the slow, the slow plan and you have space to collect building materials, particularly things like windows and doors, which are very expensive and appliances and kitchen cabinets and those kinds of things, it is definitely still possible to do a tiny house yourself for, for very little money. Um, I just interviewed somebody this week who, you know, he travels for work and he kind of was like, I thought about a tiny house, but I didn't want to wait to save up money. So he put a cap on his pickup truck and built a camper in the back for like 800 bucks. Nice. You know, it's like, nice. there's all different, you know, a range yeah. of, of, of what tiny living can be.
0: I did, uh, I did uh, farmer's markets with a guy that had like a little travel trailer that he would was-
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> for
0: his market set up and there was living quarters in it. And I'm like, wait, you have all your farmers market stuff and living Amazing. Trips, everything I owned in it. It was like this whole and it was like a little teardrop camper. I yep. was like, that thing's pretty yeah. sweet, man.
1: Yeah, that sounds awesome.
0: <laughs> oh man. So so if if somebody wasn't planning on moving, um is like a, a prefab shed, like a, a ten by twenty prefab shed, is that something that's that's worth throwing on a property and, and kind of building out as a home. Is that a, I mean, cause I know I, I bought a nice uh, 10 by 20 shed, it had all the doors and, and double pane mm-hmm. windows. I mean, it was, I was at seven grand, I think yeah. um, I could have, I could have done the inside of that relatively yeah. inexpensively and been, I think under that 20,000 Mark for sure, but it's then yeah. it's not on a trailer.
1: It definitely depends on the shed. Um, but I do think that there's definitely a place there for, you know, and, and you, you had a farm, so you, you definitely understand the concept of a building that's on skids, you know, a a, yeah. a a building that you can literally drag around with a tractor because it's not really attached to the ground. You can do that with, with small houses. I mean, there are, there are shed companies. That's how they deliver the shed to you. They, they oh, yeah, pick yeah. it up on a flatbed and they plop it down. Um, so if you do have land that that is an option, I would say like, Regarding like finishing out a shed, um, definitely a viable option. Um, the things that I, you know, immediately start thinking about again is the like cold climate stuff. Cause I'm in a cold climate and that is like, you know, are they good? Are they double pane windows? You know, are they good insulated windows? And then of course, um, depending how you insulate it, the, the moisture barrier, the vapor barrier, that kind of stuff, um. Because just because it's not on a trailer doesn't doesn't mean that you won't run into to issues there.
0: Right? Yeah. I mean, you need the. That's that's what we were looking at yeah. is the was the airflow out of the top of it. Um, yeah. when we yeah. were going to start heating it was the air exchange and making sure yeah. that we didn't get moisture problems. Yeah. But yeah. But it's um, I, I can't imagine that. Like you said that there's there's people that deliver them. Yeah. Ours was on on skids. Mm-hmm. It came on a. It was on a uh, like a flatbed tow truck. And the guy had a little, um, a little forklift and he could have come, he said he, he could literally put it anywhere on our property as long as it was wide enough to drive it in. Yeah. Like he had an all-terrain, I'm like, okay, I, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing where this could really be a viable option for someone. Um, is that something, uh, like you, you do yours as an Airbnb now, Mm -hmm. um, is that kind of a model? that people could do on their property as, um, as maybe an Airbnb or a rental or something like that? Is that, is that something that you've advised people on at all?
1: Yeah, certainly. I mean, it's not, it's not like my super area of expertise because I've only been doing it since May. Um, But I think I'm doing a pretty good job. Um, You know, I know that, that, you know, people, Airbnb is becoming more competitive and like, Unique experiences unique spaces are what people are after so um, you know Tiny houses are doing great on Airbnb because when you're choosing between you know a detached bedroom, you know, you know, just these kind of generic Airbnbs and then you see this like really cute tiny house with like cherry floors and like, you know, just interesting Woodworking interesting things inside you're like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna go for that. Um, but yeah, right. absolutely. I think adding adding a tiny house to your property is a pretty awesome way to to kind of build up a stream of income.
0: And then, and then when your mother-in-law comes, you can just send her exactly. out there. She doesn't have to stay in the exactly. house with you. Yeah. <laughs> Cheaper than renting her own apartment. Exactly. <laughs> oh, so, okay. Um, let's see. So you you've you've stayed down the minimalist road um Mm -hmm. was when you met your wife was was she into this I mean you said she had a small condo if you had asked her when you met her hey um you want to just stay small living is this is did you meet her through that life was that Mm -hmm. something that she kind of adapted to you or uh was she all in from the beginning
1: I mean she was all in on the tiny house she thought it was really cool right from the start Um, you know, it's, it's tough and it's, it's an ongoing like battle, not a battle, but it's just like stuff just seems to appear and it's a constant process of getting rid of it, it seems. Um, but you know, we live in Vermont, we have a lot of things like outdoor activities that we love to do here that involve gear, you know, skiing, all the different types of skis for different types of skiing activities, you know i love doing music i have a couple of guitars like that you know things i i wouldn't call us extreme minimalists by any sense of the word but we we live within the bounds of of the space that we have and um she's been she's been on board with that you know from the start
0: nice nice um yeah uh what about kids in mm-hmm. tiny house? I mean, yeah. you you've advised people, you have an online community. How do they do with it? If if they're, is it easier when they start? Like when you have a baby that you've raised in mm-hmm. tiny living, um, is it easier than kind of transitioning a kid into this? Uh, how do they do with it?
1: I mean. Kids do great in tiny houses for the most part. I'm sure there are kids who like hate living in tiny houses and, and like, <laughs> they're going to rebel against their parents and buy like 7,000 square foot mansions. No. Um, Good yeah, for no, them. I, yeah, exactly. Good for them. If they can afford it. Um, I think that kids don't need as much space as, as we think they do. And, um, you know, I'm not a parent and this is all, you know, based on interviews that I've done with, with other parents who live tiny, but, you know, living tiny and I'm sure living in the RV as well, like it kind of forces you to live outside of your house, you know, and to go out into the world and have experiences. Um, and I think that for kids, that's, that's a really wonderful way to, to raise kids and to live. Um, There's this um, person, Macy Miller, who um, is actually one of the like one of the kind of my compatriots who is also building and posting online right around the same time. We were almost like, oh, what's Macy doing? Like, oh, she's got her roof on. I got to I got to speed up Um, for several years, her and her husband and two two kids and a great Dane traveled around in a homemade teardrop travel trailer you know not 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 a teardrop sorry like a you know I don't know what the right word is but it's that kind of round shaped you know yeah trailer.
0: I know yeah I, I yeah I got you yeah. I got they you. visited
1: you know they visited they built it out themselves they had like bunk beds in it they visited every national park they nice. like you know it just looked like it was an incredible adventure and just learning experience for for the kids um, nice. and they finally they've kind of like graduated they bought some land and are basically setting up a homestead um in idaho perfect perfect but they actually yeah. still live they still live in their tiny house on wheels on the homestead on the homestead and they nice. you know the the ultimate like my ultimate dream is like a tiny house and a big garage for yeah, like, for the yeah, tools yeah, yeah. and the stuff because
0: for sure, for sure, yeah. the garage um, doesn't count right I don't think so.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I
0: don't, I don't, I don't think so. When we, when we were, uh, when we were minimalizing everything on the farm, I I kept going back to this. I just want a storage Mm -hmm. container. I want a storage container to put my outdoor shit that it's like in the garage or the barn. Like it's not heated or anything. I just need a storage container Yeah, and I'm like, I can't, (laughs) I gotta, I gotta pick up bed. (laughs)
1: Well, should we talk about containers? Because that's like a big that's kind of a sub branch of the tiny house sure. movement. Um sure. And, and it's one that I'm like I'm not a big fan of them as as house conversions. Um, because okay. you you take those the the same thermal issues that I was talking about, except now you're dealing with an entire metal building. Um and and I've I've heard some pretty bad stories about shipping container builds essentially failing because of moisture issues um oh
0: man yeah the other bummer and- the
1: other bummer about them is that like if you if you want to do it properly what you should really do is make the the walls of the shipping container you the inside of the house and then you build essentially frame a wall outside of them but then it's right. like, what's the point? Because then you're just building, <laughs> then you're you're just building, building a, house a house around, around, around the shipping container. <laughs> um, versus when you do it inside, you know, you, you're you taking a shipping container that's eight foot, you know, eight, six wide. And then again, you're like building walls inside of it and, and making that space even smaller. Right. Um, right. And you also have to put a roof on them because they do leak.
0: Yeah, yeah. And don't think you're going to put it in the ground unless you really reinforce it because that yeah. that was a big thing in in uh, in my my groups that I kind of came out of that uh, that everybody's going to bury a shipping container and yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> don't do it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, shipping containers like have their uses. If I if I was somewhere like not cold climate and I needed a really inexpensive outbuilding for storage, um, you know shipping container you can order one they'll come with a truck they'll drop it down boom you've got you've got storage space um yeah but as as a house to live in i i have i have my concerns
0: (laughs) yeah yeah that's um that that's yeah. I uh I, I know somebody actually I'm working with him down here in Texas that um, he's a butcher and a lot of people use mm-hmm. them for like build outs for um coolers and stuff yep. like that. Totally. And they work great for that. Yep. Um Yeah. Yep. Not not for homes. I can I definitely as soon as you said moisture I'm like, "Oh yeah." Yeah, mm-hmm. that uh it's just like the metal frame of the trailer on on steroids. Exactly. Exactly. So. But uh let's uh you want to tell uh, tell everybody about your podcast that you do. Um you said it's a weekly podcast. You're coming up on yep. 250 episodes soon. Yeah. Um, let what uh what do you got? What do you um is it um, you interviews uh what what yeah. do you do?
1: Yeah, it's like 95% interviews. I do throw the occasional solo show in there, but um it's a it's an interview show. It's usually about 30 to 50 minutes. And, you know, I really try to focus on a couple main categories. I try to interview just like regular people who are living tiny and kind of get their story and find out why they're doing it and what they're struggling with and and just like trying to distill and extract that knowledge. Um, and I've, you know, I've interviewed fan lifers, schoolies, pe- someone, anytime I hear about like, oh, this guy converted a U-Haul box truck. That's a cool idea. Let's interview him. So like I've got the full menu of of all those different types of structures. Um, and then I also like to interview companies that I, and I, I try not to make the show just like a platform for builders. But if I hear about a company that's doing something innovative or different or new in the space, I I like to interview companies about, about their builds. Um, and then I also like to feature, you know, tiny house kind of philanthropy and tiny house like, you know, tiny houses being used for veterans or for homeless or for, you know, all these different use cases for tiny houses. So I've I've interviewed a lot of, of nonprofit leaders and and those types of of organizations on the show.
0: I've seen I've seen quite a bit of that um, just here. I, I've never really looked into it all that much, but I see it quite a bit in passing in the yeah. in the nomad and, and RV communities. You see a lot of the stories popping up about yeah. um, veteran outreach, homeless veteran outreach and, and homeless yeah. Yeah. Um, area, high population area where people are setting up and getting getting variances passed to be able to set up a, a tiny home home community on a, on a piece of property. So that's really cool. And it's, it's a great use of the, the resource and the, the, the philosophy to, to kind of help that those people transition.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's, there are so many really incredible different models for, you know, depends what the organization is trying to do. Are they trying to like give people homes permanently? There are, there are organizations that are doing that. There are organizations that are, are kind of more temporary, um, it's it's pretty cool
0: cool cool and so you also you also offer do you offer like co- coaching consulting services for people that are looking to go into this um or is it kind of the podcast or what what else do you uh what else do you offer in the in this kind of in this space
1: sure i mean i am i'm like a generalist in the tiny house space you know i'm not i'm not a professional builder i'm not a professional designer. Um, so, you know, what I can offer is more the general education, the decision-making process, the planning process. I've gotten pretty knowledgeable about building technology and building techniques over the years. Um, but I'm not like available for hire to build you a tiny house. Um, Right. but in terms of like engaging with, with my company online, my brand, you know, the podcast is, is kind of my free offering and that's you know it's pretty awesome. Um, I also do a, a weekly newsletter called Tiny Tuesdays where it's kind of a roundup of like tiny house news and and the latest podcast episode um from there I've I do an online community that's you know it's like a paid subscription and it's just you know kind of a small group just people who are planning building living tiny helping each other out and you know I'm nice. kind of in there answering questions. And then I also, um, I teach like an eight week, a cohort based course. So there's actually one starting on Wednesday, but bringing a group of usually about 10 people through my tiny house decisions, kind of framework curriculum, but in a like small groups class setting.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, so eight weeks. So that would be for somebody that's, that's about, that's, that's decided they want to do this. Um, yeah. obviously if, you're, if, if it's going to be eight weeks, you're going to be doing the follow through and, and you've yeah, got to exactly. kind of be, be ready to go for this. And, uh, and you kind of walk them through the process.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's the, the course is called tiny house considerations, but I think I'm going to rename it tiny house accelerator. What do you, what do you think of that?
0: <laughs> yeah, perfect. Cause it, perfect.
1: Cause it kind of is an accelerator essentially like, you know, the, the book that I wrote tiny house decisions, it's like 200 pages long and everything <laughs> is in there. But like in this course, I essentially like use the book as the textbook and like that we're you're going through it. We're going through it together and we're gonna right. make all these decisions.
0: Right. Yeah. You kinda yeah. you kinda it, once you get skin in the game, I I really I yeah, yeah, I love I love the the model where it's there in the book. And if you wanna do that and take it and run with it, I I have more power to you. But I am here to walk you through it. Um yeah. Yeah, I get it. I like that. I like that yeah. for sure. Um, and that and all of that, they can find you at, at uh, let me see here, the tiny house dot yep, that... the tiny, the tiny Perfect. Yep. Um, hey, we're here at an hour. I, I asked you for an hour. Um, I can give you the floor here. You can uh, you can kind of throw out there any last thoughts you want and um, and then we'll wrap up.
1: Cool. Well, um, I've, I've really enjoyed this. So I, I first, you know, thank you so much for, for having me on, you know, something that I like to just remind people is to start with, start with the why, you know, figure out why you want to live tiny and your planning process will, or it should flow from that why, and it will help you make decisions about the house and about what you want your lifestyle to be. Um, And so keep keep it in mind. Don't don't forget your why because it can be it's fun to like go on YouTube and go down a rabbit hole of looking at, you know, watching tours of different tiny houses and, and kind of feeling inspired. But um, ultimately, you're the one that's going to have to live in it. So um, hopefully you'll get what you want, not like what you saw on YouTube.
0: That's perfect. Yeah, I that that definitely resonates with with me and, and kind of the road mm-hmm. we went down with uh, picking our what we wanted to live in, first of all, yeah. and then what kind of RV and it was definitely something that we were happy that we stuck to why we were doing what we were doing. So yeah. what yeah. what great advice to kind of close this out. I appreciate you being here. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of an exposure to this tiny house, tiny house side. And, uh, and I hope everybody that listens goes ahead and checks out, checks out the website. Your links are in, uh, in the video and audio descriptions. So, uh, man, Ethan, I appreciate you coming in. And, uh, if you hang out for just a minute, I'll talk to you uh, backstage after I wrap up here.
1: All right. Thanks so much.
0: All right. Thanks, Ethan. All right, that was Ethan uh, and uh, talking about tiny houses. Be sure to check out all his links. I appreciate you listening and uh, we will catch up with you next week.